Hello, and welcome to Leaned In, hosted by Rachel Milo, CEO of the Shawnee Forward Business Alliance, a podcast sparked by Shawnee, Oklahoma's destination as the number one city in Oklahoma for women-owned business, where 49.4% of all businesses are women-owned. Here, you will be inspired by the personal experiences and learn from the expertise of these women leaders who are leaned in. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leaned In podcast. Today, I am scratchy voice and all more so than ever. Must have been a long week last week. Um, What I'd love to share with you today is um, one of the women in our community that probably didn't think that she was going to be doing this particular job in this particular community, but we have adopted her. We love her. She's doing great work, and she has a passion project I think many of you are going to be excited about. You know, the Lean In podcast came because um, the city of Shawnee was recognized as the number one city for women to own businesses. And what I find is not only are women owning businesses, but they're also running great not-for-profits. And they are starting side hustles, and they are emerging as a result of COVID and the ability to pursue um, what's on their heart. And so today... I have someone very special. I have the executive director of the American Red Cross of South Central, Southeast Oklahoma, where she oversees 28 counties. Loida Hefner-Salmon. Nice Hi. to have you. Well, thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Today is feel what feels kind of like the first day of fall almost. It's like rainy. It's a little dark. And you're wearing your beautiful fall colors. I am. I've got a little... Uh, orangey pink going on here so it's good stuff and I love it love it and so uh Lloyd tell us a little bit about how long you have been the executive director at American Red Cross and what is going on over there well I have been with the Red Cross for just a little bit over a year um it's been a heck of a ride it's been a lot of fun um I have learned so so much um it's very different than my past history um but in one regard, but in a different regard, still yet very much the same, um, working and um, uh, meeting with people. And so I'm really excited about um, being able to do this here in Shawnee and uh, overseeing our 28 counties too. So when you're the executive director of the Red Cross, what does that mean? What is what does your job description look like? Oh man, uh, a little bit of everything. Um, everything from um, working on fundraisers and trying to figure out ways that we can look at different gaps in different communities um, and making sure that we are there to fill the gap. Um, Those are very important things. I think a lot of times people look at the Red Cross and think, oh, it's a national brand. Um, But the reality is if we don't take care of our own, then who will? Right. So, and you, who knows your community better than you do? So, um, what we try to do is really invest and get into uh, the community, um, the different communities, so we really understand what those needs are because every every community is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you're at the Red Cross here um, in in several of these counties, but I what I found interesting is. Uh, when asked a question, we ask people some of these questions in the in the pre-interview, and it's like, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I loved your answer, and I still think there's hope. I still think there's hope for this, right? 
Um, but you said you've always loved sports and you'd love to work for the International Olympic Committee. Yes. So tell me what your role would be for the Olympic Committee. Well, um, I'm really good at building something from the ground up um, and seeing things and looking at things from all different angles. Um, and so one of the things I like to be um, is like a site evaluator where you go in and you're looking at, okay, what's the economic impact in here? Can that community handle it? What is the wraparound that we can do with that? Um, and then just understanding what facilities are needed. Um, I used to uh, run the Lloyd Noble Center, and so um, understand a lot about um, operations and those pieces as well. So, I love it, and I love the fact that you want to do this for the International Olympic Committee. I mean, how aspirational. Yeah, I love um, different cultures. Cultures is a big deal to me. Um, in college, I actually minored in international business, traveled a ton um, before I had kids, and um, someday I'll get back to that, yes. but <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun, and so um, um, to me, those are things, you bring all the things that you love together and figure out how to get there, so. What is, um, wh where's one of the places that you traveled that maybe that culture had the biggest impact on you just personally? Well, um, probably I would say the country of Panama. Um, that is where my mother is from. Okay. Um, and um, so we would go there when we were, when I was little. And um, I think that was my first touch to really have my eyes open to what different cultures are really like. And, you know, I think oftentimes um, you look at somebody who's a little bit different and you're not really sure how to approach them. And then you start, when you get to know them, you're like, well, they put their pants on the same way I do. So, you know, um, it's, it's, that's exciting um, to just see how people, um, they just enjoy life there and it's exciting. And so um, I think that was one of the, probably the first impact, which has kind of led me to do other things um, that involve different cultures today. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not only working for um, an international or national organization of the American Red Cross, but uh, you also have a passion project on the side, and you are about to celebrate your fifth year, or you're in your fifth year? We are in our fifth year. And so tell us a little bit about this passion project of yours. Well, um, I guess what you could call me is, is probably a stubborn parent. Um, <laughs> um, I had a, I have four kids, um, and my daughter, who's the oldest, she's now 16, um, but uh, she was in a French partial immersion program. Um, and it was up for about three years, um, three or four years. And then it, all of a sudden the school, uh, the local school district decided that they didn't want to do that anymore. And being the stubborn parent, um, <laughs> there were several of us, um, basically said, well, we want to see this continue. Um, and so what we have done is we started a school called Le Monde International School, it is a public charter school in Norman, um, and basically it is a tuition-free school where we have um, currently teachers probably from 12 different countries, and um, we, we teach um, all your regular coursework, but the vehicle that it's taught in is either French or Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is that those kids will come out reading and writing uh, in two languages, uh, hopefully, um, like a native in both. So in English, as well as their targeted language of either French or Spanish. Nice, nice. And so 
Um, this is a tuition-free charter school. So it, talk to us a little bit about that. So um, the year that we, it was basically two years in the, in the works before we actually were even able to launch. Um, but um, when we were planning this, um, planning the school and, and doing those things, um, we really worked on trying to figure out um, what's the best um, course that we could do, knowing that, again, stubborn Lloyda, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> how, do, how, how can we make this work? Well, there mm-hmm. was a law that was recently passed at that time that basically said if you were a county less than 500000 that um, you could look at doing a charter school. Um, we could have very easily made this a private school, but I wanted something that would be open to everybody, mm-hmm. available to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where we started marching down that road. And um, um, we were basically we're basically just a public school yep. um, with this nice little nuance of being able to bring language in um, into that. And so um, it is amazing what you see when families are looking for schools. Um, and they will move to a community just for that. We have families that come in from down in Purcell all the way in Oklahoma City, Edmond, um, to just to come to our school. It's 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 amazing in one hand, and um, it's very exciting. So, so how many students do you have in in uh, Lamont? Um, we have just under four hundred students. Oh, good gravy! That's a lot of students. Yeah. So we have currently um, pre K through eighth grade in French. Um, and then we also have pre-K through fifth grade this year in Spanish, and every year we will grow another grade. So um, we're going to stop at eighth grade for now, and then we're looking to add high school in, but we want to get work. through the eighth grade yeah, first. Get yeah, get those built up a little bit. So, And I'm sure um, those early years really are the easier times to learn these languages anyway, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of re- research that shows that, um, and so... Super excited about the opportunity to see their brains, their little brains unlock mm-hmm. on both sides. Um, and so your cognitive skills are really, really good. Um, and just seeing how even my little guy, when I watch him and I hear his pronunciation of words, and it's just so beautiful. And um, <laughs> it's it's pretty exciting. Nice. So. Now, do you speak other languages? Um, I speak Spanish, but I would not say that I am a pro like I would like to be. Um, so that's something that's on my radar to, I think if I went down to Panama or somewhere, um, probably for a couple months, yes. that would just trigger Do it for you. Yeah. Right. But so how many full immersion schools are there in the state of Oklahoma? Well, there's more popping up now. There's okay. not very many. Um, when we started the school, I want to say... There was three that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, um, that that are public schools. Um, okay. And actually, probably in general, um, but um, now um, I know in Oklahoma City, um, there are a couple schools. There are a few uh, Native American schools that are also doing some language as well. So there's more that are starting to yeah. pop up um, a little bit, but. Um, one of the things that we are in the process of doing as well as be, is becoming an international baccalaureate school. Mm. Um, and um, there's actually only one other elementary school in the whole state of Oklahoma um, that's an elementary school that is in, in uh, IB school. Okay. And that one's in Jinx. And so 
there is a program in Dallas um, that has uh, the IB traits or the IB school. And that one is a private school, and it costs about $20,000 a year to wow. go there. So wow. we're hoping to bring those types of things to the community where we can provide um, good um, outlets for people, sure. um, but at the same time where anybody can yeah. can take advantage of that. Well, that's very admirable to, um, to make this a, a public school where it, every child really can have the opportunity to attend. I mean, that's, that's very admirable. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Yeah, no doubt. And you are currently the president of the board, right? So that is the, does that function like a traditional school board or what does that kind of look like? Um, I would say for the most part, yes. Um, yes, we, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the of very similar um, things where the board has oversight. Um, we still have to, actually the state board of education is our sponsor. Okay. So um, we have to report everything just like any other school. So, yeah. 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 And um, so I think that's great with with over 400 students, hard to imagine. So, um, Eloida, when are you opening one in Shawnee? I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question. Uh, <laughs> you never know. You never know. You know, I always want things in Shawnee too, right? Absolutely. Well, we can we can start looking at that someday. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you want Eloida to consider opening your French or Spanish full immersion school in Shawnee, Please comment in the comments, right? Especially if you have like a building or you're a teacher, um, it will get that. It will get that onto her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, um, as you as you took on this challenge, um, obviously you really stepped outside the box as a parent, right? And so, I don't know this, but I'm assuming you don't come from a um, school administration background. That is correct. And so, you know, one of the things that I like to encourage women is to uh, really, truly, like, fill the gap, right, where we, where you find a gap and use your skills and talents, regardless if you have the formal training, and, and you've done that in this, in this sense. Um, you know, parents make great innovators, I believe, right? Um, and so what's a piece of advice you'd maybe give somebody who is um, – looking at something and thinking, man, I, I, I know I could make this better, or I wish I could make it better, uh, but I don't know that I've had the formal training, or I don't have the confidence. I mean, what's, what's some advice you'd give um, people, but women in particular, to go for it? I think you need to have more confidence in yourself. I struggle with that, too. I'm, I mean, I'm not perfect, but um, I think fear can be our biggest enemy. Um, when you look at something, um, you can look at it and say, um, I believe I can do this and move that mountain mm-hmm. or you can create the mountain. It's up to you. And really conquering that fear, I think, is a huge piece of that. Um, when we started the school, we had nothing. I was told, oh, so many times of all the things that we didn't have, the formal training, we didn't have this, we didn't have that, definitely didn't have the dollars. Yeah. Um, schools cost a lot of money to build, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, but you know, as I also told myself, you know what, I've been in school 20 years. Um, I do know something about education or else I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, and, um, anyways, and you just take those things that you love and, 
um, go get after it. People need you. The world needs you. So get after it. <laughs> I love it. Get after it. I saw that you had written somewhere as well that um, if you don't conquer your mind, your mind will conquer you. Uh, I think that's a great motto. Is that is that something that you keep kind of close to the like Absolutely. close to your heart? Yes, um, I think that is a huge piece that you always have to think about because you will always have a naysayer telling you why you can't. Um, but you have to believe in what you're trying to do. Get real clear on what you're trying to do and then go for it. Absolutely. I love it. And so, uh, Lloyd, I'm going to switch back to the Red Cross here locally um, for a minute, which is, you know, what does the Red Cross need from us right now? Well, first, I'd like to say the Red Cross, um, I'm so happy to be in this community. I love Shawnee. Um, I feel like the people in Shawnee have been very warm and welcoming um, for me to be here. Um, there is so much that Shawnee offers and, um, every day, um, I've been here just a little over a year, but I still feel like that new kid. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, well, we need to do this. Um, and so just looking at that, um, I, um, one of the things that I look at, um, and appreciate is all of the, the relationships that I have built and of, of all the organizations that kind of wrap their arms around you and, and try to help move you forward. Cause you need that in any job or any situation, you need that support system. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I try to do with the Red Cross is sit back and go, okay, where are the gaps and what do we need to do mm-hmm. to fill those? Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking at that, um, I think creating a presence in Shawnee is really important. Um, I think one of the things we talk an awful lot about internally is the actually South Central Southeast Oklahoma has more fires than the whole state of Kansas and Oklahoma. Really? Um, absolutely. It is um, unreal. Um, and so we have um, volunteers and we could use more volunteers. We need more volunteers, um, volunteers um, that can help us um, from everything from just doing events and tabling and those kinds of things um, to um, being a connector in the community through maybe being a board member, um, helping out from that perspective, um, opening those doors to um, when there is an actual fire, you're the one who's going out there and comforting that person, wrapping that blanket around around them and say, hey, we know this is a tough time and we've got you. Here's some things that we have for you and here's some resources. So um, there's a lot of different pieces of that. You know, if we have people who are like, oh, I can't get out. Well, you know what? We still have um, virtual positions that are also available okay. um, where we need those dispatchers who can help um, uh, help all those pieces connect um, on that end as well for um, who's going out to the fire to um, connecting with um, um, the fire department and doing all those pieces. So mm-hmm. Um, we could use um, volunteers, 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 volunteers. Absolutely. So. And so how do they volunteer with you, Lorda? Well, the best way is to go to American Red Cross um, website um, and um, you just type in volunteer um, and then you can get on there and there's a lot of positions open that way. Um, you can also come into our office. We are loca- located on Broadway um, and you can stop in and um, be, would be happy to to hook you up that way as well. So um, a lot of different opportunities there for sure. Awesome. Well, um, 
I hope that some of you listening will find a way to volunteer. Uh, I had no idea we had that many fires um, in southeast Oklahoma. I would assume, I would have just assumed probably that they would have been on the western side of the state. That seems drier. Uh, but that's um, informative to, and good to know. And um, Lloyd, I would just say we're, we're so happy that you're in Shawnee and we're so happy that you took this position and you bring um, your heart and, and your actually your wisdom to just be able to uh, be a great site selector and, and gap identifier, you know, having that great skill set. And, and we're thankful to have you here at the American Red Cross and I also just want to thank you for spending a, a little time with me this morning. Well, thank you. It's been a, a, a wonderful opportunity, and I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. So for those of you who are interested in possibly uh, volunteering, if you'll go to the American Red Cross, I guess it's AmericanRedCross.com? Yes. Yes. AmericanRedCross.com. Uh, search for volunteer. You can find ways to volunteer here locally or pop in and see her on Broadway just north of the Main Street in Shawnee. Uh, Loida, we thank you again, and to our audience, please be um, be free and uh, giving with your sharing. Uh, make sure and share this uh, podcast with your friends. The more people who listen to it, the more people who share it, the more people who like it, the higher it goes in the search, and then more people know about the great women leading stuff here in Shawnee. We love it. Absolutely. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leaned In. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It helps us to continue to help you. Connect with Jessica Nickerson at marketing at shawneeforward.com for advertisement or sponsorship opportunities. Until next time, share this podcast so you can be leaned in.